conversations about yesterday's animation. Animations. Saturday morning at Cartoon Fair. Days past. Welcome to the Days Past Tooncast. My name is Will. My name is Travis. And on this podcast, we have adult conversations about yesterday's animations. I'm trying to keep my energy up. You know, I'm on the other side of a COVID infestation. Oh, yeah, you were. Yeah. yeah. And it so came that's, around to you finally. It did. And it had its way with me. Uh, it left the money on the dresser and then it, it left, but it left me with a, a, a hole inside. I don't know. I mean, with a lingering, I hope it didn't do that. Is that one of the side effects? Uh, yeah, yeah. Inner Big, holes? Empty, uh, loneliness, a hole, yeah. Okay, okay. Emotional side effects yes. I'm used to. Emotional hole, yeah. The physical side effect it left me with is being tired. And also, I think some of that brain fog that's going around. Uh-huh. So I'm going to have a hard time remembering what <laughs> the cartoon is we're talking about today. Our usual bits, uh, yeah. any any shit like that. So just bear with me. But yeah, I'm try- I've am i got some nitro brew just flowing through my yeah. veins right now. Your taste. Do you got your taste in still? Mm. Or is that is that not a thing? Certainly artistically, yeah. <laughs> and I, I if I can taste this nitro brew, I think I'm doing okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, assuming that I do understand the right cartoon that we are covering today, Travis, I think it is in the the spirit of the season and uh-huh. of the cartoon to ask you, <laughs> what do you want done with your body when you die? Uh, for me, I I want to be uh, cremated and uh, my ashes spread somewhere beautiful. Just anywhere? Do you have a preference of you a know place? What? Or? Uh, not really. I mean, I would think maybe like the ocean. <laughs> I like the idea of you putting into your will. You're like, dealer's choice, wherever. Uh-huh. Here's some examples, but you don't have to take them. These are merely suggestions. H- how about this? Just not a gas station, like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, just not a gas station trash can. Now, some people might find beauty in that. So you yeah. you want to specify some. You're you're right. I, listen, I haven't dotted the I's and crossed the T's on okay. it yet, but cremation and somewhere beautiful. Okay. Cremation, somewhere <laughs> dealer's beautiful. Dealer's choice. Yeah, dealer's choice. Well, you just don't, you don't, that's the thing is like, you think people will know what you want. You're right. Yeah. It's like saying, you know what? For my birthday this year, give me whatever cake you think I would want. Just something nice. And then they show up with like an apple pie, but it's upside down you're, and burned. And, you're right. Yeah you, yeah. you don't want to play fast and loose with your uh, your remains. Your, your <laughs> final resting place. You're right. No, yes. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's beautiful. That yeah. is beautiful. Even if you do end up in a trash can yeah, somewhere, yeah. I think that's great. <laughs> what about you? Um, I would like to be ground up okay. and put into cat and dog food so I can be with the kitties and the puppies forever, uh-huh. you know, because some some part of me will be giving them. It's like it's like when you do like a tree for someone. Yeah. And you, like, you bury them and you put the tree above them. And it's like, yeah, but that tree isn't an adorable baby puppy. You're right. And if you put me in the cans and everything spread me around a little bit, then surely I will be bringing sustenance you to all the cute the animals. Yeah. Feed the puppies. Feed the kitties. Let me get out there. I like it. Now, what I know I don't want. Is a crypt. I'm not interested. Me neither. It's too much work, man. Because you got to get an architect. You got to uh-huh. get someone to design that shit for starters. Yeah. <laughs> How do you? If you're already dead, you have to have it built before you're dead. You got you to be a billionaire. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, because well, you got to be billionaire. Here's the, the biggest part. You got to hire a staff to upkeep it. Somebody yes. has to watch the crypt. Uh-huh. Somebody has to intro stories that are going to be told inside the crypt, like yes. horror, ironically punishing stories of people <laughs> and how they've been too greedy and how yeah. they've they've wronged their loved ones somehow and how they're going to be punished as a result of that. And yeah, I, in you, you an ironic keep way, the payroll it's it's too much. You have to it's keep taxing. at least one. <laughs> and you got to pay for a team of writers to write a bunch of puns for him too. Yep. For that, uh-huh. yeah, matter. a bunch of actors, a bunch of sad cards uh, you're dealing with, man. Yeah. Well. It is October, it is the Halloween season, and it is time for us to finally talk about 
Tales from the Crypt Keeper. Tales from the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> from 1993, Tales from the Crypt Keeper. Yep. Again, we had Highlander, we had Spawn right before that. <laughs> Shows that are based on R-rated media, because this is based on an HBO R-rated television show uh-huh. that itself was based on a comic book from the 1950s. Yep. So this is basically from the house that Oz built. Uh, oh yeah, baby. But unlike Spawn, which was on HBO and mirrored the comics that it was uh, based on, meaning guns, butts, boobs, uh, <laughs> cigarettes, cigarettes, on, on boobs, cussing, four-letter words, cigarettes, yeah, uh, dams and hells, just yeah. left and right. This is a show that took the concept of the HBO series, turned it into a cartoon, and sanitized it for network kids television uh-huh. they said let's just buff off some of those boobs and butts and yeah. chains and guns and uh-huh. just turn it into uh, morality plays <laughs> for children yes. that are kind of horror based uh-huh. you know Tw- twilight zone s a little bit yeah. oh yeah twilight zone but instead of rod serling you have a gleefully punny <laughs> cackling corpse <laughs> named the crypt keeper who intros you into these stories plays you out of the stories let's he, he, he's got two minutes at the top Two minutes at the bottom. He's got a tight four. Yeah. And it is tight. His uh-huh. jokes per second. He's he's firing off like three or four jokes uh-huh. per second. Yeah, with a Gatling gun. And yeah. they're all puns. Greetings, thrill shriekers. Care to join me on the scare lift? Your pal the Crypt Keeper's quite the extreme skier. I just love the feeling of going fester and fester. Talk about hackzillerating. He hasn't been in the pop culture environment for a while, and I feel like it's because he had to go to pun jail, uh-huh. or at least pun rehab. He has to be he punished just, for that, yeah. He, he needed help. He had too pun much ish. of it. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, you be careful. You're yeah, going to end up there. I'll be there, too. Won't I? I will put you there. Yep. I'll have you committed. <laughs> he intros you to the stories that are kind of the equivalent of when you make a kid, like if you catch your kid smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Travis, you'll do this someday with your son. Uh-huh, yeah. Where you catch him smoking cigarettes and then you say, okay, now you got to smoke the whole pack. Uh-huh. Because and, I'm, and I'm going to the store to buy you a carton too. You're going to go through, through that, that shit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of what happens in these stories. It's an anthology, different story every time. And some character is even, this is true in the television show, the, the real show and the animated show, basically just shitty people yep. being greedy, being <laughs> shitty to people they love, being shitty to random strangers that are uh-huh. innocent and however they're shitty they will be punished in a similarly shitty storm. way yes. yes it is an ironic punishment that will be visited on them and that you're right that is how it is very much like the twilight zone mm-hmm. crypt keeper his voice it's a great performance yeah it's the same guy who does it in the live action where it's a puppet who does it also in the cartoon and he sounds like a good friend of our podcast uh-huh. an old pal named Cobra Commander. Yeah. He sounds not quite as coarse a voice, <laughs> yeah. you know, but yeah. it's up in here, up in here. <laughs> and we never see Cobra Commander's face. I, at some point you do, but, yeah. you know, he's usually hiding behind uh-huh. there. So I'm, I'm starting to wonder. He just lifts that shade up. It's and him. It's, it's, it's Crypt Keeper. Under the, yep. Yeah. Like Cobra Commander is his day job and he takes the mask off. And then this is him doing a side gig, like working on material. Uh-huh. And he's got a gig at HBO of all places or at whatever <laughs> Crypt is paying him to watch yeah, over the Crypt. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it does seem like there is the implication of if he's keeping the Crypt, he also is like a groundskeeper yep. who is just like, 
brushing up leaves that are <laughs> falling uh-huh. from the trees or yep. under crypts or something. Yeah, yeah, walking around with the with the weed killer. Yeah, keeping the candles, replacing them with new candles every yep. few years because they're burning down or something. <laughs> and he's just making up shit to entertain himself. Yeah. And I feel like he does look like a corpse. I mean, he looks like he's been rotting very away. Corpsey. Yeah, very so it's corpsey. like they lo- they forgot that he was in the crypt and he just kind of went crazy and tells himself these stories. <laughs> And now he's just <laughs> entertaining himself like, I love horror. And he's just, he wants there to be a punishment he, for the people. He looks at a fake camera every day and every just, day yeah. just goes off. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, the cartoon that we're talking about today, as I said, based on a television show on HBO, television show based on a comic book all the way back in 1950. Yeah, a long time ago. A long man. time ago. EC Comics was the name of the company that published Tales from the Crypt. Here is my understanding of the, the cultural landscape at okay. this time. Yep. After World War II, superheroes were big from Superman's introduction in 1939 yep. until around the mid-40s. Men returning from the horrors of war didn't really want superhero stuff. They wanted grislier action. So you had crime comics. You probably had a lot of war comics, too. But you also had these horror anthology comics where they all would be, here are some horrific stories for you this week or this month. And they all had a host of some kind. EC Comics, I feels if they didn't invent it, they perfected it. They right. were the ones that were the most gruesome, the scariest. Everyone wanted a piece of these, uh-huh. and they yeah. got them. Yeah, they got them down at the newsstand. Um, nineteen fifty, it comes around. Tales from the Crypt. Crypt Keeper, of course, is the host. He is yep. introduced there. Now, in the comics, he is not the Skull Man that he is in the TV show. Yep. He's really just like an uggo with a skullet uh-huh. more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, but he's yeah. just like an old man who has so much spit in his mouth, uh-huh. like that kind where you can see the lines like connecting the, your top teeth to your bottom teeth yeah the really dry spit that's what he's working with that's right. the, his horrific angle <laughs> dry mouth super dry mouth <laughs> the worst yeah, case co- the, cotton the worst mouth. cotton mouth that's yeah. his punishment for whatever he did in his life <laughs> now the comic was very popular so why did it get canceled well we're jumping over big swaths of like comic <laughs> importance because this is not the days past comic book cast yeah. but it was canceled uh-huh. after a psychiatrist named frederick wortham published a book called Seduction of the Innocent. Seduction of the Innocent. He claimed that comic books, specifically crime comics, war comics, uh, horror comics, definitely, led to degenerate behavior in children. An 11-year-old boy committed a holdup in California and killed a woman of 42. When the police came to arrest this 11-year-old boy, his older brother said, if you want to know the cause of all this, here it is. It's these rotten comic books. Cut them out and things like this would not happen. He took this to the Senate and that led to a, it wasn't a governmental thing. Just like the MPAA, the people who rate our movies are not a government based group. Right. The comics code was not a government enforced code, but it was a specific list of rules that are crime will always pay. Criminals will not get away with it and they will actually pay for their crimes. Police will never be shown in any bad light. Uh, There will be no seduction of the innocent. Innocents remain unseduced. Yes. If I see one innocent Uh seduced. Yeah. Very specific things to some of these comics too, like no knives in the eyes, because that was a common theme at the time. Like people, there's a lot of that. So. Just saying that you will not do these things, and if you don't do these things, you can have approved by the comics code on the front cover of your comic. And I guess if you were an in-the-know parent, then you would let your kid buy the comic. But that 
completely undid any kind of comic that was like Tales from the Crypt, let alone Tales from the Crypt. That if I can't show scantily clad women, knives and eyes, uh-huh. and crime paying, then we're out of here. How buddy. do I do this? Yeah. yeah. And so they just got straight up canceled because they could not. What they did was targeted and outlawed, and uh-huh. uh, so many words. Yeah. <laughs> it ended there. However, amongst the innocents that were seduced by this comic book was a whole generation of filmmakers. Producers Joel Silver and Walter Hill, and if you don't know who they are, we'll get to them in a minute, were talking on set of a film that they were producing. I was working with Walter Hill. Uh, We had done 48 hours together. He was also telling me how much he loved Tales from the Crypt. They grew up as teenagers reading Tales from the Crypt and just loved these lurid tales that had some humor to them, had this Twilight Zone twist about them. And they decided they wanted to do a horror anthology similar to that. Hey, why not just make that a thing? We loved the original material. And when when uh, Joel and Dick and Bob and Walter and David, they, they, had a, they had a notion, they had a vision that the comic books themselves, the individual comics were really great material to be faithful to. The executive producers of the live action show that would show up on HBO mm-hmm. called themselves the Crypt Partners. Not a pun worthy. I mean, there's not a pun. Like, <laughs> no, you yeah, should have talked pun. to Crypt Keeper about how to punch that up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he could have shined you up. Yes. But Joel Silver, just to give you some pedigree on these people, yep. Joel Silver was a producer on 48 Hours, Weird Science, Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, Roadhouse, Predator. Just a few. Lots of shit that was, at that time, the biggest banking movies that we had. Walter Hill directed The Warriors. Uh, He produced Alien, directed 48 Hours. Richard Donner, who directed Superman, The Goonies, Lethal Weapon, and The Omen, which I watched recently and enjoyed very much. I watched Predator recently. Well, I mean, that's always enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sign me up for that. Uh Robert Zemeckis was amongst these guys. I mean, Back to the Future, Roger Rabbit, Forrest Gump, Death Becomes Her. Death Becomes Her. What a twisted, dark comedy. I love it, bro. It feels like it almost is like a high budget Tales from the Crypt because it's kind of, well, you want beauty and you're willing to sacrifice anything. Here it is. Now you've got a hole in your stomach and I'm going to stick my gun through it. Uh So like (laughs) it's, it's great stuff. But those are the people that ended up making this show come to life. Yeah. They came together and it's like, if those guys get together in a room, I mean, they could probably have put us on Mars. If they would get to, if people in Hollywood would just focus on Mars, we'd already be there. (laughs) Right? Yeah. But instead, (laughs) they wanted to make a horror anthology called Tales from the Crypt, which debuted in 1989 on Home Box Office. Oh, baby. It ran until 1996, many episodes, many seasons. It was successful. It was very successful. I sampled a couple episodes. Did you get to see any of them? Um, I watched one. I watched the uh, the first episode. The first, so the, the one with one. the, it's called The Man Who Was Death. Yes. And it's about- a, I love that actor. Oh, yeah. William Sadler? Yeah, love he, that guy, man. So it's funny. He's playing The Man Who Was Death. He played the Grim Reaper himself <laughs> yeah, in and Bill, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, <laughs> yeah. one of the best fucking characters- in performances in the world. But yeah, he's, oh, he's great in everything. I love him, man. He plays the executioner in charge of electric electrocutions uh-huh. at a prison. And he loves his job. He yeah. talks to the camera, talks you through how great it is to a do these things. A little bit too much. Yeah, there's a lot of that. But it's also, <laughs> that is the thing. It's like the show is trashy and pulpy. This is primo HBO trash. Yeah. I mean, this 
Oz, True Blood. This is uh, the and, yeah, and, t- taxi cab confessions. God damn, it's just it is just like a oh man, I feel so nostalgic for a, a time when HBO would just put out something this pulpy. Two in the morning to watch Seriously, HBO, yeah. Where it's like, yeah, the guy's gonna talk to the camera the whole time about how great it is to electrocute people. I guess right about now, Charlie Ledbetter is starting to think pretty serious about that Valley of Death. He's thinking about that rubber diaper they give him to wear. Wondering if he's gonna crap all over himself when I juice him in a couple minutes. The formula of like man loves X is shitty about X is punished by X. In this case, he becomes a Dexter, doesn't yes, he? Yep. He starts Dextering people that he thinks got off and shouldn't have gotten off. So he just goes and finds them and kills them. Uh-huh. And then at the end, he is tried for his crimes and sentenced to be executed via electricity. So <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. So, oh, who would have guessed? Well, yeah. once you've watched a few of these, you would have guessed. Right. That's how it uh-huh. always goes. But yep. it was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. It was a good one. <laughs> I watched another one called The New Arrival, which had a lot of good actors in it. But the the standout that like, everybody would know and is appropriate to the season is Zelda Rubenstein, the lady from Poltergeist. That's me, Felicity's mommy. Ah! Oh, hell, she's doing it again. This follows a man who has a psychiatrist or psychologist who has a radio show. It is flagging in the ratings. It's about to be taken off the air. So he takes the woman who calls him with the most problems with her child, Zelda Rubenstein, and is going to go do the show from her house so he can deal with her child. Yeah, This is always the rule. And, and this is true of the cartoon. He's just an asshole. He yeah. doesn't care about the people he's treating. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He, he is annoyed by everybody that calls, and he's only treating them because it makes him feel better about himself. It's an ego trip for him. Yeah. So, of course, he shows up. He's dismissing everything she says about her child, whatever. And, like, the ending of it is there's a room where all these prior doctors that have come to help her with her problem daughter who wears a fucking scary mask all the time their dead bodies are sitting in these chairs and now it's his turn to sit down and have to sit there and help with the child it's like what are you talking about again it's it is like oh you want to help people with their psychology to feel better about yourself you'll do it forever Uh, the scariest Frasier episode Uh I've ever seen Um, but it was really entertaining but it is like yeah you that's some of the trashy fun of it is like look people are not going to react realistically they are going to be unnecessarily mean like I, I am genuinely uncomfortable with all of these characters something they do at some obviously murder not a huge fan but like things oh, you're not a big proponent of just that? ways that they I think we should outlaw it uh-huh. frankly yeah the ways that people will inter- they'll interact with like a nice normal person will make me squeamish like no don't be mean to the lady with the baby just be mean in a way that moves the plot forward yeah. don't just be shitty uh-huh. but even the characters in our cartoon that we watched they're all just bad people uh-huh. bad people <laughs> and they get their comeuppances oh yeah oh yeah they do oh yeah yes the show ran for those seven years and it got popular Suddenly, Crypt Keeper is everywhere. And when we were younger, I, I remember there was a couple movies that hit. He was around. Yeah, he was yeah. on the. He, he was in there. Was he ubiquitous. was the selling point for the show. Yeah, because he, he's the only consistent character. Uh huh. I wish I had clip proof of this. I could not find it online. Yeah. But I've heard from the internet. The internet. I called the internet. I said, "Hey, <laughs> hey, internet. You got any funny facts about the Crypt Keeper?" <laughs> And they said, check this out. I have it on good authority that the Crypt Keeper himself appeared on talk shows at uh-huh. the time because he was popular enough to pull a Muppets <laughs> and like go be a guest on <laughs> Conan or something like that. Um, I could find no video evidence of this. Oh, I'm man. very saddened by that. Yeah. The only consolation I can give you is something called the Crypt Jam. 
from 1992. <laughs> and I think it's be- it's best if I don't set it up and Travis, I just start to play yeah, it for you. I assume you have, you don't know what I'm talking nope, about. Not okay. at all. Okay. I'm like a magician. I'm like, uh-huh. do we know each other? Yeah, no, yeah. we've never met in our lives. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, yeah prove that this top hat is empty. That is correct. Let's, yeah, let's check it out. Okay. The Crypt Jam. <laughs> I'm already laughing. Welcome, kiddies. Would you like to dance to death? <laughs> all you have to do is come to the Crypt Keeper's party. A monster bash, if you will. <laughs> Come on down! <laughs> it sounds like... It, I was trying to pin it. It sounds like an early UPN series uh-huh. theme song. It does. This is the keeper. Oh. I have a tasty treat. He's dropping bars? Yeah. He's got rhymes piece. for you, baby. Only the best of fiends can come. We'll have skeletons of fun. Skeletons of fun. To the keeper's zoo. I'm sure it will get rave reviews. Rave reviews. <laughs> you can, because this is the Crypt Jam. Criminal, but what, I love it. I know. It, what a weird choice. This is following a long legacy of if a character reaches critical mass, they have to rap. Like uh-huh. Bart Simpson had to do the Bartman. <laughs> had to, and yeah. now the Crypt Keeper has to do the Crypt Jam. Uh-huh. The music is so of its time. I feel, I mean, it's 1992, so I guess it's right slam you, in the middle of that. A, a UPN intro for yes. a sitcom. And I mean, it is it is catchy as hell, but it's so not fitting of what he's rapping about. I mean, being the Crypt Keeper. That's funny. Oh, it's yeah, so funny. Dude, you. okay, well, the video, you should, uh, I, I implore everybody to check out the video because he is like playing a keyboard <laughs> and there's just like booty dancers in it and shit like that. And then there, it's not a scary video. It's just people dancing, like having a party uh-huh. more than anything yeah. else. And he's just kind of overseeing it. I'm imagining the, the fly girls from in living color Very dancing close. from behind. Very yeah. close. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Absolutely accurate. Um, <laughs> I mean, we are close. To, uh, maybe we're on the tail end of new Jack swing. So yeah. there's a little bit of that influence there. Hell a little yeah. bit of swing there. Um, but that's how popular he was. Again, this is proof. If, he, he made it to rapping. He made it to rapping. Yeah. If you don't make it to being on a, a birthday set at Party City, although I'm sure there were some birthday cakes where he showed oh, up, for but sure, it's probably yeah. for like people who watched the HBO show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he had a CD, uh-huh. probably like a CD single and a single, you know, one of these maxi singles with the Crip Jam on it. Uh-huh. And that they were willing to put money into making that and printing it up and putting it out there in the world. No cheap feet. Yeah. No, no it's not an easy thing to do, especially yeah. then. <laughs> so CK uh-huh. had reached All day. critical mass. Where else could he go? But animation, uh-huh. baby. Yep. Yesterday's animations today <laughs> for 39 episodes over two seasons on ABC. The family's here. I mean, it's the family zone. Yeah. As far as I'm oh, concerned. Yeah. <laughs> From 1993 to 1994, you had Tales from the Crypt Keeper. We can still have intros by this corpse man uh-huh. who's making puns about horrific things. I mean, he's not. He's playing for an all-ages crowd. Yeah, yeah, like he, yeah. This is like the early show, and then the HBO is the late show where right. he can get a little blue with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The intro music is, of course... It's a it's a horrific show in the '90s, right? Uh-huh. Gotta be Danny Elfman. Gotta be Danny Baby. Elfman. The song comes from the HBO series. They just kind of livened it up and made it shittier uh-huh. for the cartoon. But either version of it just sounds like an unused Beetlejuice track. 
Like if you said, hey, can oh, you yeah, do a Beetlejuice? Burgy, 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 burgy. Yeah, it sounds like a half, like an undead marching band. Uh-huh. He he <laughs> delivers the same thing uh-huh. so many times in his life. And we just keep saying, yes, please. Spoon it up. <laughs> we watched season one, episode three, way early in the run. Oh, yeah. An episode called Pleasant Screams. <laughs> Not pleasant, uh, pleasant dreams. That's oh, what yeah, he's yeah. doing a, a riff on there. Yeah, <laughs> it up. But yeah, just gotta yeah, on, punch on, it. Yeah, on brand. And Crib Keeper introduces it for us. He's getting a midnight snack. Uh huh. And he is. I mean, you know, we've talked about like evil equals cool. Uh-huh. Like that is like bad equals good for this guy. Yeah. No matter what I eat, I just can't sleep. Nightmares. That's the problem. I haven't been having any. Oh, what a what a turnaround. <laughs> You like nightmares because <laughs> you're a corpse man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He needs it to, yeah, to yeah, thrive. He throws out some good puns. Like he's looking for something to eat. So he's looking for screech cobbler instead of peach cobbler. <laughs> yeah. It's good for what flails you. Again, this man, this is this is insanity. This is the sound of a man who is losing control of his body and mind. This is him. Like he is about to go out the door into rehab. Maybe a little dread time story can scare up a good fright's rest. All he can do is puns by the end of it. He Every word he's saying is just like, Screech! Uh, 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 I don't know anymore! Uh, as they wheel him out the door. Uh-huh. But the episode itself, the real meat of it, yep. is all about dreams. Oh, yeah, It's baby. about dreams and nightmares. <laughs> the places where anything can happen, and I do mean anything. Jenny Lawson, a teenage girl, and Felix Purdy. Yep. Purdy. <laughs> An unfortunate last name for anybody. It's just uh-huh. a, like, it just sounds like someone's going to pinch your cheek and treat uh-huh. you like a child. Hey, Purdy. Hi, Purdy. Yeah. She's a teenage girl. He's a full grown man in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> with a mustache. That's to be understood. <laughs> they cannot remember this at the time. They will later in the episode. They're both suffering from selective amnesia. Like they know their own names. Yep. And they know that they should know each other, but they don't know how, but they know each other's names. Hey, watch where you're going, young lady. Mr. Purdy? That's right. I am. Felix Purdy. And you, you're, um... Jenny. Jenny Lawson. They don't remember this. They're actually teacher and student. Mr. Purdy is Jenny's teacher. Uh-huh. Yes. Yep. <laughs> now, they can only be together for a second saying basically, what the fuck? We're uh-huh. in a cemetery. Yep. When did this happen? When zombies rise out of the graves... They're chased by them into a faceless weirdo uh-huh, yeah. who basically feeds them to the zombies. Yeah. And they're pulled underground by zombies into a sewer. And that is when they transition into a new environment. And this is where we see, oh, this is going to be one of those things yeah, where never ending loop dream. Yeah. Yes. It's that waking nightmare dream where it's like, oh, I wake up out of one nightmare into another one. Yeah. And that is where they're pulled down. Now, I want to talk about Mr. Purdy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, I'm here for you. Because Jenny, Jenny is a cool chick. Like, she's got a lot of spunk. She's ready to stand up for herself. She throws herself into situations with bravery and courage. Um, Mr. Purdy is losing it. Is fucking losing it. Yeah. Mr. Purdy is screaming like a banshee uh-huh. throughout most of the episode. And if he's not doing that, he is blaming Jenny, the teenage girl, for whatever's happening to them and throwing her out in front of himself to act as a deterrent to zombies. Yeah. He is the worst of us. Yeah, he needs to get control of it. The worst of us. Yeah. He won't. He, yeah. he has no more. He needs a spirit change before that's going to happen. I don't think that's coming anytime soon. Yeah. Even with this story. Uh-huh. All he knows is to scream and run. And I got to say, it's a very human portrayal. It is. This is, yep. I can't say scary. I wouldn't do the same. I don't know. 
put me in some dreams. We'll find out. <laughs> but it's just a reminder to all of us that teachers can be assholes too. Oh yeah. They can yeah, and they will. They're human. They're human. They're human and they're assholes. Humans yeah. are assholes. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. uh it's a truth. You know, the <laughs> cats are assholes. We already litigated that. That ain't true. Humans, the real assholes. Oh yeah. 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 I in ninth grade, when I was a freshman, I had an English teacher and I I could not scare up her name. I could not find it. So let's call her I, I had a chemistry teacher named Miss Urquhart. So let's say that's her name so okay. I can say her name. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Urquhart was like a road doll villain, like where the, the adults are just automatically evil and secretly cooking children in a cauldron backstage or something. Right. She just took great pleasure in disciplining children and lording herself over them. She wanted to punish you in a way that you it would break your spirit. I saw in her this spark of like, I can't wait for you to thank me for giving you detention. Like it's a clockwork orange style brainwashing of like, <laughs> you will learn to love that I have enslaved your minds to uh-huh. discipline. So this is, this is a famous event in my family where I had just not been doing a bunch of work that she gave us. Like I just chose not to do it. Got a progress report and I had a 48 in the class. So I was like, shit, my mom, a former teacher knows when the progress reports come out. So she knows she's going to be getting one soon. I can't just not give her one and fake it. So this is going to be a Mission Impossible situation where I have to. (laughs) I have to go into a Word document on my 1999 computer. Oh, wow. And and I even here's the thing. I don't think my mom would have known what font she would have used to type up a progress report. But I make sure every bit of it is the same. I'm typing it up in Courier New because that's what she's using. I make sure the spacing, the underlines, whatever. It's just a slip of paper. It's not like a full. You you use like large size uh, Celtic. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. It's like it's Comic Sans just all across the board. (laughs) They wouldn't have known probably. But I just I made it look just like the other ones. It would look official. And all the wordage on there is the same. I just changed the grades such that I came out with an 84 Uh instead of a 48 and told myself everyone's going to be happy. My mom will have gotten a progress report. I will transfer her signature to the real progress report. So my teacher will believe that, okay, my mom is aware of this dire situation. And then I will have time to get my grade back up and fix it before anyone knows anything by the the next three weeks. This sounds beautiful. It was great. It sounds great. It was going to be great. And then a week later, a week uh-huh. and a half later, it's a Friday, and I'm about to walk out the door, and my mom walks up with the phone in her hand and says, Will, when you talk about your progress report, my teacher had called her to double check that she actually saw this. And it's funny. It's what funny a winch. I, but it's so funny because it's like, yeah, clearly this is a good call. As a parent, you would want them to do that. If they're like, I think her her defense was usually when a student of mine has a failing grade that bad, I hear from the parent about how they need to fix this or what has happened. Instead of a, instead of a pristine signature. Just a, yeah, my, Nancy Short just said, oh, 48, sounds good to me. Wait, 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 and then just gave it back. Oh, you better get that up. No, it's so, I mean, it totally makes sense. But the child in me, of course, is like, you got your fucking signature. What more do you want from me? I did this. I pulled off the perfect heist. And now, now I got to deal with this shit. So I, I like, you know, got punished very lightly. I'm an only child. I yeah, was not yeah, punished yeah. enough yeah. for this. But like my <laughs> you parents. You got baked a pie. They were impressed. My parents being not computer people like that. I could even think to do that or know how to do that. Oh, yeah. But I was so, I was so. Fist bumps from the so dead. So fucking mad at that teacher. Just like, you ruined a perfectly. Like, I was going to do this on my own. Uh-huh. Nobody had to know. Oh man. I was going to correct exactly. it. Exactly. But that that it's it's not her fault I did that. Uh-huh. I chose to do that. I got I got to walk that back. It's but, a little bit her fault. The whole point is this I I like to believe 
that this woman who was not named Mr. Urquhart, but I used that name just yeah. to, you know, <laughs> fill it out, give it a specific, um, that she would react this way as bold as she is in disciplining children unnecessarily. Yeah. She would be as cowardly in a situation where the dream is attacking her. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's my belief because yeah, she was not, that was not a courageous thing to do to bully children. Oh man. Yeah. Well, I got her. I dropped out of AP. Hell yeah. yeah I didn't ever go back. <laughs> Fuck that shit. You're like, I failed out of I, English completely. I, I got, I did get, you know, given the chance, she gave me the chance to like make up a couple of assignments and do everything. So like, I actually got it up to 70. I think an, no, I think like an 84 actually. Hell the one, yeah. the fake grade that I had given myself on the thing in the first place. Again, just let me do it. Uh-huh. Just let me do it. I had it under control. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Obviously, I was I was 14 years old. I knew what I was doing. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 a yes. man. <laughs> so Jenny and Mr. Purdy, they might have been dead, eaten by the zombies, but they're not. They wake up into a new nightmare that is taking place in Tokyo. Uh huh. Tokyo. They yep. find out, and there's a crowd of people stampeding past them, screaming about a creature, a giant, towering monster. Rodan. Go, Godan. Go, oh, it's Godan? Well, because oh. Rodan, so yeah, it's it's a Godzilla wannabe, but it has two heads. Yeah. Godzilla mixed with Rodan. Rodan is another of these big giant monsters. Oh, gotcha. So yeah. that's his actual name. That's the actual. The, okay, gotcha. The Rodan, I, f- I forget what, I'm going to look up Rodan real quick, because I'm also forgetting what you call the, the big monsters. Marth, and it's a whole uh, Mothra, right? When they're Godzilla and Mothra. Well, yeah, I mean like the, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is the name of another <laughs> That is the name of another one. Um, You're going to leave? Did I make you mad? Yes. (laughs) I got to pee real quick, man. I love it. Okay, kaiju is the term for the genre of, and for just the large monsters themselves that come from Japan. They come from the water. Yeah, I gotcha. (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess they do come from the water. Many of them do. Yeah. Um, Rodan, he looks like a pterodactyl guy. He only has one head. He did fight Godzilla. And then Godzilla, of course... I think we all know who that is. Uh, so oh, I saw Godzilla in Japan myself. I saw oh, two Godzillas. Yeah, uh-huh. My girlfriend and I were in Japan uh, at the end of 2019 and in Tokyo. Before actually, the world fell apart. That's right. We saw, well, we saw like just a statue of Godzilla that was underwhelming to say the least. It was just like, oh, it's just like a, like a molded statue in front of Toho Pictures, which is the company that makes those movies. But it's like, it was very humble i'll say so i was like oh that's not really the godzilla like i grew up it was also like the modern godzilla not the original funny man in a suit yeah but then there was some part of town downtown that we went to and like it is a huge life-sized godzilla face in hand like he's peering over one of the skyscrapers looking down like yeah oh yeah yeah that was great i really enjoyed that that's badass yeah because i grew up watching all the godzillas i could get my hands on Uh uh-huh yeah he was a good friend of mine (laughs) I felt as close to him as I did Teddy Rutschman or Michelangelo. Like I, he was up there, man. Uh He was a great friend of mine. Well, because he becomes a hero over the, you know, over the course Uh of the movies. Yep. But this isn't Godzilla or Rodan. This is Godan. Yeah. And so he's kind of a Godzilla colored Rodan, pterodactyl with two long necks and heads on those necks. Yeah. Uh, He's no one's hero. No, he's He's terrorizing this false Tokyo that they're in. Yep. Um, Fokio. Sorry, dude. This pun, this pun just got me mixed up, man. I'm messed up right I, now. I'm not even trying because I still got foggy brain. Like uh-huh, I, I don't, yeah. I'm not even that good at them in the first place. So I'm staying away from them as much as I can and trying to save my voice yeah. by not doing a crypt keeper all the time. Right, lovely as I yeah. love as I as I think he is. 
Okay, so they're ru- so that's the new nightmare. They're running away from not Wes Craven's new nightmare, the meta sequel to the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Yeah, yeah. No, this is just a new nightmare in this show. They're running from Godan. Yep. Luckily. Or not. They run into Dynaman, uh. which is a huge superhero <laughs> kind of metallic guy based on Ultraman. He's usually a hero, Dynaman, instead of Ultraman. Here's the thing. He attacks them. Uh-huh. Underneath his helmet, he is, again, the faceless being that taunted and threw them to the zombies in the cemetery in, in Nightmare Number 1. Yep. <laughs> so that's... That's a recurring theme in the stream. That's uh-huh. an issue is this faceless guy. And faceless is scary. That's always scary. It is. It was even scary on Dick Tracy. Remember? Whenever uh, oh, when yeah. Madonna was, was blank faced. Man, it's real because it also is like you really took some silly putty layer of skin and just stretched it over somebody's face. Uh-huh. It's gross. It is. It's it's like it's like a living thumb yeah. just walking around in a fedora uh-huh. in a trench yeah, coat. It's too that much movie, when they though, tap man, into that. Yeah. That movie though, man. I love that. I watched it recently. It is funny as shit. And Al Pacino in that movie is just the... <laughs> Mini chef gets it. He, he gets them all. Especially because it's an Italian character. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he's so great in that. That whole thing is gross as shit, though. All the bad guys are like David Cronenberg body horror uh-huh. monstrosities. So Dynaman, not a friend. He's a bad guy, too. Attacks them, drives them back into Godan's clutches, and Godan eats Mr. Purdy and Jenny. And Mr. Purdy's yells are, again, so cowardly. Uh A shrill scream escapes his mouth, and it almost feels like they're sampling it and using it the same one a lot of the time. Like, you could do a remix with it. Did you ever see the show Scare Tactics? It, yeah, it yeah, was a, yeah. It when was, they scare people, right? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> this put me in mind of that. Here he is, the teacher, the adult. And uh-huh. now, if I were to see, as a kid, if I were to see a teacher of mine react much worse than me uh-huh. to a, a already <laughs> truly, you know, scary situation, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would not see them the same afterwards. And that show Scare Tactics, where if you don't know what it is, they ended up showing it on Sci-Fi a lot sci-fi channel but it's the kind of thing where it's a prank show uh-huh. it's basically punked but with a budget to set up a fake horror situation uh-huh. so the one that i remember because i think that there was a, a lawsuit about it there was an rv somebody was going to put their friend in they were going to be in there with their friend uh-huh. but they're they're setting this up to fuck with their friend <laughs> and then they were they left the just RV. a legal nightmare now i know they leave the rv and then somebody like in a werewolf costume is going to come <laughs> Fuck with them, right? The person (laughs) falls out of the RV. They are so scared by this werewolf. Because, again, it shouldn't be happening. Uh This is a terrible thing to do to a person. And they they stick to it. Like, the werewolf keeps coming after them. They're falling over themselves, trying to get away, screaming. And I can't imagine, like, if you set me up, Travis, hey, I'm going to have, like, 15 vampires descend on you in a dark alley somewhere. And all you're watching the footage, like, I can't wait. And, like, their version of Ashton Kutcher is watching with you, like, dude, it's going to be awesome. And then you hear, like, me screaming, like, oh, my God. I never did enough with my life. I never got home shitting myself. Oh, I'm, a bit, I'm, I'm sucking my thumb. The smile would just fall from your face like, oh, no. I stop, can't. Yeah, can we just it, stop it? it? You would never see me the same as a friend because you just saw me as a naked could baby. could be Travis? Once you see your friend's bald cowardice, it's hard to unsee that. And that's what she is experiencing with this guy. This poor, I mean, I feel over bad for him. And over, over and all over. he is doing yeah. is screaming. Uh-huh. Screaming, screaming, screaming. Everything <laughs> makes him scream. Everything does. 
So nightmare number three, uh. they wake up outside of a castle <laughs> mansion, you know, looks haunted kind of place. Yeah. It's the kind of place that has gargoyles on it. Real oh, live ones. The gargoyles fly off with Jenny, but only after she saves Purdy from the gargoyles. Yeah. She steps in to protect him. She gets taken She's away. She's boss. Total boss. Yeah. And Purdy's reaction is not to run after her. It's to walk away. Ah, the heck with it. She's a tough kid. She'll be fine. Just fine. Besides, why should I go in there? He's just a bad guy. I don't know what to tell you. Like, some people are just born shitty. <laughs> my, it's one of them. He's my one dad of them. told me about... <laughs> it's so stupid. I don't, I don't know if this is something that other people talked about ever. Uh-huh, like, yeah. a, a, a common phrase, one that him and his friends cooked up. But him and his friends would call people asshole babies. Because they would say that they were born out of assholes <laughs> instead of by natural birth. Right. So, like, that you're just a piece of shit, I guess. So, it's like, Hell he's an asshole yeah. baby. This guy is an asshole baby uh-huh. through and through. He is just a piece of shit. There's no redeeming qualities to Mr. Purdy at all. Tell your dad I, I will be using that. Please do. Now. My dad, yeah. he's full of them. Yeah. Uh, not asshole babies. He's full of good, <laughs> good words and stories. Mr. Purdy, uh, he can't walk away for very long. There's more gargoyles. They chase him into the castle where he finds Jenny. I mean, basically, it's like the only reason he finds and saves Jenny is because he himself has been chased into doing so by the gargoyles. They're also chased again by the faceless guy. He starts saying, where do I know you from? Uh Like he's, He's got this way of just like kind of. Weakly, pathetically yelling questions at the heavens. Like, yeah. Why is this happening? Emphasis on weak. Very weak. Very pathetic. Yes. Um, they jump out the window to escape all the monsters, and they wake up in the swamp. Yep. Could it be Louisiana? <laughs> Could it be the the kingdom of the swamp thing? <laughs> Mayhap, is there a skin man uh-huh. nearby? Skin man's coming. Jesus. <laughs> If if he is, he's not. He never makes it onto screen. Skin uh-huh. Man doesn't appear in this. That would have made it quite scary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, instead, they're just kind of taking a, a calming boat ride, you know, yeah. through the swamp. Jenny's in charge of the boat. Purdy starts just screaming again at the forest and the swamp itself. I'm losing it. Why is this happening to me? To me? With all the impotent rage of a career history teacher uh-huh. or, or an assistant principal, someone who has just enough authority to feel like they should have more and never get respect. Yeah. That's what he feels like. We find out later what kind of teacher he is, and it makes even more sense. Uh-huh. At this point, Purdy realizes, somehow puts it together, this must be a dream. And it must be Jenny's fault. It must be her dream. It's gotta be. Yeah. Shaking her, trying to get her to wake up. I mean, just he he just wants to blame children. Blame the children. <laughs> well, it's not Jenny's fault. It's not her dream. In fact, she's the one trying to get them away from this big green blob, uh-huh. the blob yeah. that is in the swamp that is chasing them into a shack. They finally they hit land, they race into this shack. It's like a a, a workshop with all these tools in it. Here's the thing: if there is a shack out in a swamp. Uh, to be expected. Yeah. If there's a shack that has tools in it out in the swamp, there's going to be some trouble. Oh, there's some That's teeth they're going to be missing. Yes. You, there has been some work. They were working in the lab late one night out there, <laughs> and that it's bad. I was working. Working in the lab is not good. Working in the shack? Oh, I d- was working in the shack <laughs> late one night. I put a person on the chopping block. Yes. I chopped a person down to pieces and inserted them into another person. <laughs> To an eerie fright. It was a graveyard smash. Thank you so much. 
that's where they end up. And instead of finding a skin man or, uh, a, or a human centipede or yeah. what have you, they find it's like a golem. It's it's a stone man, uh-huh. but he looks like Gene Simmons from Kiss. <laughs> like he has the kind of flattened out. I have an afro, but it's kind of I'm old, so it doesn't have the body it used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of look. Red eyes. It starts attacking him. It actually this is like bad. It picks up Jenny, puts her on a rotary, almost like a lathe. Yes. I think it'd be called a lathe, like, for like a belt to... that will feed you. Yeah, like a, yeah. like a bandsaw uh-huh. where you're being fed by a belt into a saw and <laughs> yeah. puts a puts a fucking tombstone on top of her. Uh-huh. It's R.I.P. That's that's a Michael Myers move. Just R- about randomly, yeah, tombstones are hanging up above. Yes, yeah, it's a place where they like make tombstones. Hooks. Yeah, that's, they make tombstones out here. That's how they're made. Okay, yeah. nothing creepy. That's not, no big deal. Uh, Mr. Pretty does save her from that. Yeah. The golem stumbles oh, inside this fucking gumble. It's that fucking faceless guy again. Uh-huh. What's the deal with this guy? Oh, it's his dream. Yeah. They realize it's the faceless man's dream. He starts shrinking down. Who is this? Is it someone that we know? Someone that we tortured? <laughs> Student and teacher together as a torture team? Weird. Right. Yes, it's Daryl Craigman is how I heard the name. <laughs> Daryl Craigman? And they both realize they know him that. Mr. Purdy is the teacher. Jenny is a student in their class along with Daryl and that they bully him. And that is exactly what they do. They bully him into waking up into the classroom. Uh-huh. All of this has been happening in Daryl's mind. Yeah. In his dreams and the dreamscape of Daryl Craigman. <laughs> <laughs> in the classroom where Mr. Purdy is teaching, where Jenny is sitting to the side. And if you didn't dislike Mr. Purdy before, yeah, he shows you his whole ass on this uh-huh. one, man. He he is so sarcastic and just impunchable, truly punchable. Rise and shine, Mr. Cragman. Did you have a nice snooze? Uh, sorry, sir. Well, sorry, sir, doesn't cut it, mister. The kid basically says, I have a hard time focusing and staying awake. Maybe he needs to see the counselor. Please help me. Yes. Yeah, please don't yell at me. I have a hard time with Latin, sir. Oh, that's right. How silly of me. Comic books and monster movies are more your cup of tea, Mr. Cragman. I tried Clearly, I've got a lot of rage for authority and Miss not Urquhart. Uh, I'm probably channeling some of that here, but this is the kind of shit she would say. She was way high horse. Uh, we find out why he's the Latin teacher. Yeah. So, yeah, nobody gives a shit. Nobody in high school gives a shit about Latin, nor should they. Uh-huh. That is ridiculous. So no wonder he is just taking his ego trip shit out on these kids. And then the kid says, well, maybe I should just transfer, which I, I I don't know how far into the semester you are. It might be too late. But the teacher takes this as a personal affront. Uh-huh. Mr. Purdy is screaming. I'm like, no one transfers out of my class. Like you either love Latin or you fail in my class, but you do not leave it. God, this guy's a piece of work. <laughs> But then I don't know if Daryl is on Ambien uh-huh. or has narcolepsy, but like after being yelled Both. at, yeah. he just starts falling asleep again. And cl- Maybe that's his coping mechanism. Yeah. It's like when the teacher yells at me, I just go to sleep because then I don't have to hear or feel this. But Jenny's just like, he's falling asleep again. And they go back into the dream world and it sucks. Or does it? <laughs> that's the thing about these dream shows. Yeah. Mr. Purdy wakes up in his home. All of that was a dream, I guess. All of this, I, I, trippy. I guess. I guess that's what it is. Is the whole thing was a dream? It was his subconscious telling him, "You better fucking buckle up, Mister." Yeah. Because you were shitting on these kids, and Daryl, 
look, Daryl could do a lot worse than just dream you into a nightmare. He's okay? going to torture you. He's going to he's he's going to take all your social media shit and like and all your personal <laughs> address. He's going to dox you, Mister oh, Pretty. He will no, dox yeah. you. Uh-huh. Okay, so don't you don't want that from these kids with the technology? They got it all. So he decides. Learn lesson learned. Next day at school, he gives Daryl a transfer to a creative writing class because that's what the kid wanted. Yeah. Here you go, buddy. So the lesson is... If your kid turns in a signed progress report of a, of a low grade, just let it be what it is. You know what? Yeah. You don't got to you know call what? the... You got your signature. Yeah. You got what you wanted out of this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, man. I mean, again, I'm, uh-huh. I'm totally open to hearing that I'm just way too mad at this lady, but I don't think... She, she was right to suspect that, but I don't think her motivation... Was, was in the right I place. I better yeah. check and to make sure that his mom received this. I think it was, hmm, he thinks he can get by me on this one. Okay. Uh-huh. Let's give old mommy a call. Beep, beep, boop, beep, beep. Power trip. Yes. She's out there. Some, well, she may not be out there. She was kind of old at the time. Uh, She, you know what? She did what she did. I did what I did and uh-huh. I got out of there. No so regrets, baby. Nope. I got it. I did what I had to do <laughs> and failed. Failed at it. <laughs> Succeeded and then got caught and failed. This cartoon lasted two seasons on yeah. ABC, and I don't know if ABC said, I don't know, we're kind of like Disney, step-by-step, maybe Tales from the Crypt Keeper is not our <laughs> brand. You're kind of going over here in this yeah, direction? I'm kind of going like more like Goof Troop, and you're kind of going more like a Hellraiser. <laughs> but, you know, the whole so Tales from the Crypt was yeah. such a phenomenon that, like you mentioned earlier, there were movies that were coming out in between these first two seasons and then a third season that came later. In 1995, you had Demon Knight. It stars Billy Zane from Dead Calm, William Sadler from Die Hard 2, and Jada Pinkett from Menace to Society. Ooh, I love those titles. And you'll love Demon Knight. And then the next year, you had 1996, Bordello of Blood. Yes, yes. with um, uh, Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller, Stand yes. Up, and that's a big HBO tie-in because the Dennis Miller show yep. was on HBO at yep. the time. Yep. And for some reason, this movie, which is about a brothel, a vampire <laughs> brothel hidden in a funeral home, uh-huh. stars- You know, one of those. Yeah, stars Dennis Miller, known for all of his acting styles and chops. <laughs> it's holy water, man. Dennis Miller. Cha-ching. Tales from the Crypt presents Bordello of Blood. And of course, the Crypt Keeper showed up to play you into these uh, and play yeah. you out. Like he was a featured part of this, so it was all branded Crypt Keeper. And <laughs> so, yeah, it was just it was continuing to be popular. It, ha- it held sway over us yeah. continually. Enough so. If you if you want to go past cartoons, if you're not a Carmen San Diego, where you start with video game yeah. she kind of did it backwards you know, she did it was like first i'm a video game then i'm a game show then i'm a cartoon uh-huh and then i'm a legend that's right in this case it went tv show cartoon Ooh, i'm an icon game show the crypt keeper had a game show <laughs> on normal television called Secrets of the Crypt Keeper's Haunted House. Greetings from Universal Studios Florida, kiddies. It's Secrets of the Crypt Keeper's Haunted House. <laughs> Too many words for your, your show. <laughs> it, it, it was on a cable station or, or what? what a, uh, uh, right back to my computer here. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Hey, uh, DPTC Lookup. Uh-huh. DPTC Creepy Lookup. <laughs> It was on CBS, the network for elderlies. 
Yeah. ABCs for families, CBS elderlies. <laughs> but yeah. somehow, Secrets of the Crypt Keeper's Haunted House. I, I mean, the Crypt Keeper probably is a senior citizen. Right. A very senior citizen, very. perhaps. Now, you you got to see a little bit of this. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. You can find them on YouTube. Someone's put them up there for God knows what reason. Thank, uh-huh. thank you for that, y'all. And then once you watch one, they all start showing up on your feed. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to get the, you're going to have to wash your algorithm to get that <laughs> yeah. out of there. Um, yeah. This is uh, exactly the kind of show that we like, Travis, uh-huh. where it's all physical challenges. Even the trivia parts are physical challenges mixed into that. They like to use both real environments and virtual reality environments, early virtual reality Ur- environments, early like Sega Saturn level polygon <laughs> characters and environments. There's a few, a number of games that they would have on there each time, like Ghost Battle, Vampire's Lair, and the Swap from Hell. They actually fit, put, somehow put a hell uh-huh. in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, The yeah. Swap from Hell is the yeah. name of one of their games. But the one that I, I latched onto was... Fireball Alley. Yeah, yes. dude. Okay, because that's usually the first one you're going to play. You got two teams of two <laughs> kids each, and they're always named after some, like, what are, what are animals or bugs that people don't want to be? Uh-huh. Uh, squids. That's what, the squids was one of them for ours. It's just so schoolyard gross. But the kids, what they do, one of them goes out onto this actual bridge that is over, like, a Nerf pit, uh-huh. high over a Nerf pit, and then there is a polygon virtual... <laughs> VR skull that is going to shoot things at you and you're trying to stop them. Uh And then after that, as many things as warrants knocked down behind you, that's how many trivia questions you get to try to answer. (laughs) It's like complicated as shit. (laughs) But the thing that got me is that this big skull man, who's just like a, again, like a digital representation, he keeps like his head spinning all around. It's kind of a max headroom thing and his tongue keeps coming out, but you've already got the crypt keeper. You've got the guy. Yeah. You've got the Crypt Keeper. And the Crypt Keeper is on the show as a puppet playing you in and out of commercial breaks, commenting if they're doing well. He's like, I don't like this. But then I realized, oh, well, they don't. They didn't get the guy who plays Crypt Keeper oh, yeah. to be on the show. Yeah, they he, probably just have a bunch of canned sayings for him yeah. that they pipe out over the puppet. And that's why you need what sounds like an assistant director or uh. a PA or something <laughs> that's on like behind a weird voice filter, kind of roasting the kids. Yeah. But the best thing is that the kids, at least in the episode that we saw, are not having it. Uh-huh. They do not care. Hey, Bobby boy. Welcome aboard. Ready for a little fireball alley? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are you a soft shell or hard shell crab? Who knows? <laughs> I'm just ready to fucking play this game, man. Just let me do this thing. Um, it's it's so weird. I, I, it didn't last very long. It was one year, uh-huh. 96 to 97. But still, the show was over at that point. I, I guess it finished in 96, the yeah. live action. So they keep trying to extend the lifespan of uh-huh. this, this yeah, Crypt they're Keeper. they're stretching it out, buddy. Yeah. And they managed to even further with one final bonus season. <laughs> the the world needed it. If I, five years after the show was canceled. Uh-huh. It was 93 to 94, <laughs> two seasons. Okay, we're done. Nope, you're not done. CBS wants some of it now. Again, uh-huh. they're like, hey, we're loving this game show. It definitely is a huge hit. So let's in 1999, the new tales from the Crypt Keeper. The new tales from the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> we weren't asking for it. Nope, nobody asked for it, but nope. we're giving it to you. <laughs> you got it. Here's your medicine. On the show, it's the same format, basically. Uh, I know the the animation starts looking more cartoony, yeah, uh-huh. which makes it feel more like a PBS show right? until you get to yeah, the actual yeah, content. That. But we watched an episode of this boy, final boy, season. Did we. Oh, man. I, I got a lot to say about this one. 
It's called It's for You. Tis the season. Tis the season. Yep. It's Xmas morning. Yeah. The parents of a young boy named Gary, they wake Gary up with a gift. His own phone line. Uh-huh. What more could a, a teenage boy want? Yeah. I got my own phone line around 11, 12, because I spent like one time being on the phone for three hours with a friend, which is rare. Uh-huh. My parents said, like, they they framed it as a gift. Yeah. But I do feel like it was like, cool, if you're ever going to do that again, don't do it on our phone line. Yeah. Just please go have this. We use our phone line for business, yes. son. Can I admit to you, an embar- it's like embarrassing, like, sweetness of my parents <laughs> and me being an only child. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I won't give out the actual number. I don't I don't know who has it now. It's not me. Yeah. Um the last four digits of my phone number that my parents got for me spelled out my name. <laughs> so it was dot 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 W I L L. So like I was a nine hundred number you could call nice. to, if you needed Will. Oh, I can supply it for you. Eight four three Will, please. Yeah, that's right. I could give it out that way. I don't think I ever did because who would? <laughs> now, now, how long did it take you to figure that out? Or was it? Or was no, they it gifted? Told, they presented it, it to gifted me this to you way. like that. Yeah, oh, they wow. said, "Here you go." And I was like, I just smiled through it, like, "Well, that seems nerdy for me, but it's nice to have my own line." So, uh-huh. nice, good, good business for me. <laughs> I was never gifted my own line personally, uh, but my sister was, and then I kind of used hers. So, do you have your like own now? Joy. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm good now. <laughs> so that's that's gonna be. A big part of this episode, it's about phone business. More importantly, it's about the one rule that his parents, Gary's parents, set forward, which is no prank phone calling. If we ever catch you doing that, this phone is gone. Are we clear? Clear. Crystal clear. I just can't believe it. My own line. Of course, Gary right away goes to making prank phone calls. Oh, yeah. That's number one. And Travis. (laughs) Beeline. And now we get to. The very reason that I wanted to cover this episode, which uh-huh. was, tell me about prank phone calls in Travis's life. Because, uh-huh. <laughs> look, I know you've egged a house before. 100%. With a three-man water balloon launcher. What? Yes, bro. Wait, you shot the egg out of the balloon launcher, or you just also had that? No, no, no. We, we, sh- we shot the eggs from three-man water balloon <laughs> launchers Travis- over, over the neighborhood. I, I caused hell, bro. This story gets worse every year. I caused hell. Yeah, I know. This is that. We, we got on my roof. On the roof and just hail where, them. Where no one wants. So, and then, you know what you're going to find out later, Travis, is if, if this was crypt, uh, Tales from the Crypt Keeper, you would find out that some neighbor of yours went up to clean it, fell off, got killed, and then came back as a ghost. I know. I know. But we don't have any proof that happened, yeah, so we're no not going to worry about it. Uh, tell me about you, those crank calls you, you would like to make. Oh, just, just You must have stories? some. <laughs> have you ever made crank, crank prank uh, phone pranks? D- definitely. I definitely. But uh, they weren't good, though. They, they were just uh, just calling random numbers and just asking for, hey, is, uh, is Bobby there? It, it was nothing thought out like yeah. the Simpsons uh, prank oh, calls. Oh, no, those are great. Those yeah. are very funny. But, like, no one no one does that. I, no one yeah. ever does that. Every once in a while, you know, I'd prank, prank call my sister at her work. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> but that was always fun. It's just funny. It's like the, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to uh-huh. annoy somebody for a second. Uh-huh. I'm just going to bother him for about five minutes, probably. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's so funny. <laughs> she she was a receptionist at a uh, sprinkler system business or whatever. Okay, so okay. I called her and was like, "Hey there, you know my sprinkler system. It's just not right. You know, I just made something up how, about how it. How old were you? This was probably six years ago. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, This was an adult. This was what? an adult prank call. Oh my god. I'm okay. like, listen, there's people in it. You know, well, I, I said something like that. And she was like, what? Like, it was a good voice. I had it going, dude. Well, I'm glad you did it to your sister. Cause like, <laughs> well, t- instead of a stranger, cause I, you know, you could be prosecuted as uh-huh. an adult if you oh, do the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What yes. about you? I'm sure you got some bangers over there. I've got enough that I'm going to spread them out over the, the course of this conversation. Yes. But, um, 
the starter is that, yeah, of course I made prank phone calls. And the first ones that I remember making were me and my friends. Cause it, it is more fun with friends. We would find a seven 11 in the phone book. Oh yeah. And ask them if they had Funyuns. And if they didn't, we would get upset. I remember one time, <laughs> this poor guy, some guy went and checked and he came back. He's like, Hey man, no Funyuns. And we were like, incensed you know where, uh-huh. where the fucking fun yeah like, what do you mean you don't have any funyuns and he immediately fired back at us like i'm telling you we don't have any fucking funyuns okay i'm <laughs> telling you jump street we don't have any funyuns and we were infinitely entertained forever as saying i'm telling you jump street we don't have any funyuns okay but the guy was so not having this shit man and then we also i remember we would call mcdonald's and ask, ask mcdonald's if they have any beer if they have beer the person would be like no, we don't have beer. Now, that should be the end of the conversation. Yeah. Even if I have more to say, they should hang up by saying, no, we don't. But they would have to sit have around night. Yeah. and hear me or one of my friends act like we're a trucker and take on some kind of country you know, accent of some kind. Oh, so yeah. like, <laughs> the same one I channeled. Well, you know, yeah. I, when I'm out on my truck for hours on end, you know, I come down, I just want to sit down with a good brewski. Oh, well, I don't know what to tell you, sir. We don't have any beer. What well, if I want to have a big bag with my beer? That, you know, it's just like, it's oh, like, yeah. it's such uh, a circular concept. Like, it's like, there's no... <laughs> More to be done. Yeah. Leave it alone. But these poor people are taught you have to be nice to the customer. You have to assume that they aren't pranking you and uh-huh. that they actually want this thing. Especially now. Oh, man. Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah. I wonder what pranking is like these days. It's a little harder. <laughs> Landscape's different for reasons we'll get into. Now, here's the thing. The Crypt Keeper, his role is, is fucked up in this thing yeah. because he doesn't play us in. We <laughs> immediately jumped into Gary getting this phone and then started yeah. to make phone calls. Crypt Keeper comes in. Four minutes into the episode, uh-huh. it just feels wrong. Like yeah. he should not. He's he's your appetizer and your dessert. Yeah, uh-huh. in this meal, <laughs> but he shows up. It's very cute. A phone he, operator. He's a phone old style phone yeah. operator, like the switchboard where he is plugging. He's wearing a blonde wig and like an old like nineteen forties pink dress, <laughs> making all these plugs into the wall. Yeah. Marie Antoinette, I'm sorry, she's been cut off. And speaking of sticking your neck out, I'm afraid that if Gary continues to dial up trouble with these crank calls, sooner or later, he's going to reach a very wrong number. (laughs) Keep in mind, that's where he is and that's what he's doing. Gary gets his buddy Johnny over. They start making phone calls together. Again, much better with a buddy. Shoot ideas at each other. Figure out the best way to fuck with somebody. Uh They call, I believe it's Red's Meat Deli. Red's Meats. Red's Meats. Hello, do you have pig's feet? I sure do. Then put some shoes on and nobody will notice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it sucks. Uh-huh. It sucks. Uh, it's just like, at least there's an end to yeah. that one. Yeah. Because ours, there was no end to the conversation. It was basically, I ask if you have beer, I want you to freak out, but you're treating me like a customer. So, so I'm going to talk as long as you let me I'm talk. I'm going to keep going, I guess. Now, the, yeah, when, when he's calling the, the mom okay. and the baby going to sleep, that, that one, that one kind of got to me, bro. I agree. Got to me. I got a story for that. The problem with prank phone calls is that over time, your calls will progress because yeah. you're looking for a bigger high. You're looking uh-huh. for that. You want that hit from the thing. <laughs> um, I don't know how we got the idea to focus on this one. You know, lots of 800 numbers popping up against blue screens in the 1990s when you're a kid. Call me. Tons of, well, no, not that guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no. No, that would be 900. <laughs> I'm talking about 800, like, order Call this me. thing now. <laughs> Call now. Just no CODs accepted. <laughs> And it was a Purina, Purina puppy chow uh-huh. had commercials late at night. There was an 800 number. We got so deep into calling Purina that I was doing it at the skating rink. Like uh-huh. my problem was so bad. Uh-huh. I, I needed a rehab 
for Purina puppy chow calls. Payphone? Yes. Payphone at the screen? Yes. Now, oh. we would also do it at home, but yeah. it was like, a, here, let's do it right now. I can't not do this. Because here's the thing. It was, first, it was just calling and like sending it to people we know. It's just like, it's a free puppy chow. I mean, who? We're doing them a favor, really. Yeah. <laughs> but then ultimately we would send it to like randos or whatever, give them funny names. Then that wasn't enough. So what we started doing, I had a call waiting function on my line. Yeah. So I would call the Purina people. Then I would ask them, oh, hey, I want to talk to you about this Purina thing. Can I put you on hold for just one second? Swap over, dial Purina again, wait for someone to pick up. They pick up quickly. You swap back over. You've got two Purina people on the line and I stop talking and I let them talk to each other. And the confusion and the chaos play out. But that's good. Well, like that, that. And that's, that's a good. fun start, right? Yeah. You let them do that long enough. You find out. I don't know why they had if other people did this. For some reason, they had to come up with there's a code for the day, something that they want to encourage at their company. One's like, well, do you know the word for the day? Courage. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's weird. How did we get connected on this? I don't know what happened. So then I know that there's a word. Then I call, I start acting like I'm at the Purina place and I got connected to them somehow. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, do you know the word for the day? And they're like, yeah, do you? And I'm like, yeah, courage or whatever it is. Like, well, where are you? Oh, I'm in like row B. Uh-huh. Like, well, stand up. Let me see you. I'm like, I'm standing up. Like, I, I can't see you. I'm, okay. hold, I'm holding the courage I'm holding, sign. I gotta go. Bye. But it's like just to, knowing that we could get so deep into their shit as to know that they have a word that we're doing the word that we're getting them to talk to each other. B. I know. I just so. I mean, we were their office had six people. I in know it. exactly. But yeah, stand up. Well, you can always hear a bunch of people talking in the background. But that's <laughs> why Purina just got the the most because we. Could, I don't know. There was just something about it that was appealing, and then we we squeezed that rock until blood came out, man. Yeah, I like it, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's good, man. It made me chuckle. Yeah. But that was a progression. Of just like calling a 7-Eleven or whatever. Yeah, you got deep in it. You, I got way deep in there, man. And so that's what happens to Gary with this baby, the woman with the baby, like you're talking about. There's a woman with the baby. She's trying to get the kid to go to sleep. He calls. Hello, is uh, Marco there? There's no one here by that name. Oh, okay. Bye. (laughs) Baby wakes up. She's going to go deal with that. He calls again. Is Marco there? No, there's no Marco. Keeps doing that. Finally, much later on, the baby's asleep. Baby's yeah, asleep baby's again. Completely asleep. Yeah. He calls back, wakes her up, wakes the baby up again, and says, "Hey, I'm Marco. Did I have any calls?" Now, I, the name Marco, it's only followed by Polo. I was sure this guy was going to call back and say, "Is Polo there?" Or, or get something, something Marco. with Marco Polo. Polo. Yeah. Yeah, something with that. And no, it's just this dumb one. But Travis, I mean, is it that you're a father with a baby that needs to sleep and daddy needs to sleep too that this bothers you? Or is there something else? No, no, no. That that definitely bothers me. Because okay. listen, so my son is 11 months old. Okay. So right when they're about a month to two months old, that nap time, man, you need it. It's, yeah. it's your break. It's your break to to watch a little TV, to do whatever. So we finally get my son down for a nap. This, this is probably when he's like a month or two. All of a sudden, boom, doorbell. I'm like, oh, oh my God. God. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. I'm walking over the, to the door, another doorbell. I open the door and I'm like, what are you doing? He's, yeah. I'm like, man, like it's late at night. Like what are you, my son sleeping? I started cussing this guy out. It's my neighbor from across the street. He's not soliciting. He's just trying to give me an envelope. Like right. it was like a check that my that my girlfriend he got delivered the wrong thing for the mail. And uh, man, I felt like I felt like yeah, shit, but, bro. I mean, but I jumped his I jumped his bones because man, my baby was sleeping. And you're in a different state. I mean, like you yeah. were in survival mode uh-huh. when that yeah. at that point. I had of to hug him. Baby time. I, hey, come here, come yeah. here, bro. Give me a hug. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm really f- fucking strung out with this baby right now, man. <laughs> 
It's still weird. Yeah. It's still weird. Still weird energy over there. Well, okay. So you you identify with yes. this one. When, and what's worse is she's like, look, I'm trying to get my baby to sleep. And he goes, what well, sounds like you're not doing a very good job. Like oh. he's going to critique her parenting. Oh, there's a spot in hell for you. Yes. Yes. It doesn't stop there. His buddy Johnny has to step away because Gary is just mad with power. Yeah. The power yeah. of having a phone. Uh-huh. He graduates to threatening someone a random person over their answering machine. Yeah. He's just leaving a not so vague threat and there's a toddler nearby listening to it who is afraid. This is not funny. I know you're there yes. watching. And it reminds me of the infamous Dr. Spazzo threat that oh, I tried yeah. to give you over uh-huh. the phone and ended up giving to another Travis. But it's like, yeah, you can't do threats. Threats don't work yeah. over nah. the phone. You will nah. get in trouble. Yeah. But that he's just he is already shot to the uh-huh. top of that list of of instigators. You got drunk with power, buddy. Yes. And another instigator is the Crypt Keeper because he is aware of Gary doing this. And uh-huh. at this point, instead of it just being a guy who's telling you how great this story is going to be, he actually jumps into the fray and links Gary's next call to another place. Yeah. He makes the story happen. Uh huh. He, he is now bored. he's interjecting. Yeah. yeah, he's interjecting. So he makes the call connect to what looks like Lydia Dietz's dream house. Yeah. It's just like a haunted house covered in dust, (laughs) old furniture, all that. Uh And an old woman answers. Hello, Gary. I'm glad you called. Hello, Gary. I'm glad you called. It's this lady. You know her. He's like, how did, how did she know my name? Hangs uh-huh. up. He's creeped out. Yeah, it's it's 1999. We have caller ID. Yeah. That's not what she's using. She's a supernatural being. But like, caller ID is common. You can't, that's kind of the death knell of prank phone calls. Yeah. Like, it's, it sucks. <laughs> like, it, you really, that was the last, like, our heyday was 95 through 97, 98. Oh, yeah. 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 Until it became common to have caller ID. And now it's like, I mean, I know everything about everyone who calls me. <laughs> but this is where the punishment begins. Gary hangs up. His phone rings. Don't hang up on me, Gary. I'm warning you. Uh-huh. Oh, no. He's going to be phone called into oblivion because uh-huh. he made phone calls. Yep. That's it. She keeps, keeps calling him in the middle of the night, waking him up. I do recall. I was thinking about this as I was watching this episode. You know, we've often talked about Skynet on this show. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah about yeah. my fear of Skynet and robots <laughs> at, at large. And I remember where it, where some of it came from. There was like a telesales machine that, you know, it was like a, an automated call. Yeah. And one of them got stuck on my number, my, oh, my own line. Snap. Yeah. When I was a kid, this happened a few times and there was something wrong with it. So when it would call, it wouldn't play its message. It would just make these weird robotic sounds that were creepy <laughs> as hell. And I had to like un- leave my phone off the hook or unplug my line so I could get some sleep. And it's like the Terminator is prank calling me uh-huh. in the middle of the night. <laughs> and that freaked me out. And that, I think that's where some of my... My robophobia Just comes from. Purina nightmares. Yes. Uh, th- that's the thing. Maybe that's why, because this happened before that. Yeah. So maybe that's that's why I was so intent on punishing the Purina people. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was going to dish it out. Yeah. Well, she keeps calling. He takes his phone off the hook. The next day at the mall food court, <laughs> this droopy Tom Green looking guy oh, yeah, yeah. answers the phone at like a Taco Bell or something. Then says, Gary, yo, Gary, it's for you. For me? Uh-oh, it's the lady again. It's Gary. the old lady. Hello, Gary. Mm. <laughs> he hangs up on that. Well, the cell phone that some nearby mall chicks have is ringing. They pick up. Oh, who, Gary? I think it's for you. Uh-huh. It's her again. 
all the payphones start ringing. It's madness. Oh, yeah, it's that all was good. Hurt. That was that good. Was that good. was yeah. Yeah, I felt like an Edgar Allan Poe uh-huh. thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, like if yeah. he had a phone, he would have written this. <laughs> had he had phones, the things he would pulled up. Uh-huh. And abandoned malls specifically can be very creepy. We have one in town, Valley View. They are redoing it. It's yeah. it's a big project now. But I went there to see a movie a few years ago. It was all but abandoned. Uh-huh. Like the pots that should have plants in them. The plants are dead. So many empty rooms and, uh, around. It's just like, there's something creepy, man. Something very creepy. Because <laughs> it is like a pudding. being that died. It's like you're in a corpse uh-huh. of a giant being that was once a, a, a mall that was thriving in 1995. Uh-huh. You know? At this point, Gary's freaked out for sure, as he should be. He receives a dusty old letter with a Christmas card in it saying, don't call me, I'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> this, this it's funny because i'm like at first i was like ooh, and i was like oh no this is a d heightening why would she send a letter at this point she could keep calling him but it's all plot set up this allows him to get her address off of the envelope yep now instead of taking it to his parents he's gonna gary is gonna walk alone at night through the snow uh-huh. to this old house <laughs> in the middle of nowhere i understand though because the fear of getting in trouble is For so strong. Yeah, uh-huh. you gotta avoid that shit. Yeah. you gotta avoid that shit. No, I didn't get in trouble for Purina. Uh-huh. I didn't get in trouble for not yet. Seven Eleven, yeah, exactly. The SWAT team descends. Yeah, uh-huh. no, I didn't get in trouble for those, but I got in trouble for a different one. There was a slumber party at my friend Randy's uh-huh. house, and I might have been elementary school actually, but okay. it was one of the first experiences I had being up all night, and at some point. We got out that phone and we started making some prank phone calls. Uh-huh. We were looking up girls from our school and calling them and, and doing nice. it like very late at night. But we must have said something that was especially bad. Something that was said was enough to make it like, a, OK, the parents got to get involved. So we had kind of fallen. You know how it is. Like you try to stay up all night when you're in fifth grade and you yeah. pass out or whatever. Yeah. But like you, phone you calls, might do it. But at seven o'clock, you're out. Yeah. Yes. Everyone knows what we did. Our parents are already coming to get us. We're in trouble. I got to go to my grandma's birthday that day. I'm tired as shit. I can barely stay awake long enough to be in trouble. But the big thing is that we had to write apology notes to, I think it was maybe one girl specifically that we went after. Uh But I had to write an an apology note. I mean, I'm sure it was like half dictated by my parents. I I didn't have it in me to come up with that. Fast forward to high school. So we're talking like, I don't know, nine years later. Yeah. Me and some friends are at that girl's house. And it's not someone I, I really socialize with. And she says, oh, my God, the note. And she pulls out the note that I wrote her and reads it out loud to embarrass. I mean, to embarrass me, which is like, it's not that big a deal. But it was just like, a, oh, my God, this is how I'm remembered. This is who how she knows me oh is this fucking note gosh. I wrote after I said some dumb shit on the phone to her as a kid. Yeah, it was a, it was a real blast from the past. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I got busted. I got busted, too. And I really didn't want to be busted. That's uh-huh. definitely I was anti bust on yeah, that. Like, I sure. I didn't want. And so like that's what what Gary is trying to uh-huh. avoid. That's why he's willing to put himself very much in harm's way. Yeah. Goes out to this abandoned looking house in the middle of the forest. And a woman named Emma Needham answers. Oh, darling. Hello. It's me. Emma Needham. Come on in from the cold. Come on in from the cold. She's basically speaking of bogus journey, she's basically when Alex Winter plays Bill's own grandmother. Yeah. The guy who plays Bill plays his own yeah, grandma yeah. in bogus journey. She's like powdered and gray all over. Uh-huh. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. who this lady is. And at first she's kind of, you know, 
oh, come in, I love you. Mm. But then you notice that Gary Gary's voice actor is actually from Canada because uh-huh. a sorry makes its way out. Yep. I forget, this is a Canadian-made show. That's where we're casting from. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, one slip through. Yep. You don't sound sorry. Do you like Christmas music? Like she's she's trying to balance that. Like I I'm holding something over you. Don't you want to be nice to the old lady? Sort of stuff. Puts on the creepiest Christmas tune. Yeah, because she's ever existed. Look, if an old lady uh-huh. in an abandoned house cranks up the old phonograph, here comes the horror. <laughs> Here it comes, okay? And it does. She offers him up a snack, uh-huh. a nice plate of dun-dun-dun, literally an evil organ note plays uh-huh. at this moment, <laughs> cookies with beetles and worms on them, <laughs> which at this point could just be that this old woman is living in filth, like, and doesn't know how to keep up with yeah, things. Yeah, right. But that's not what it is. She's an evil spirit crone lady. Yeah. She's talking about... She doesn't have a family. She's all alone. Yeah. I'm so glad you called. You'll stay and we'll have a nice long talk forever. Ah! And then she changes into her demonic form, which yeah. like, she kind of looks like a zombie. Which is not far from her old lady. Not too form, far. It's really. just like yeah. bigger teeth. Like one, and yeah, one shade off. Yeah. One click of the zombie meter. <laughs> uh-huh. But there's, I realize like, oh, there is something especially scary about an evil grandma. Yeah. My memory of spending time with the grandma is like my parents are away. So I, I am alone with this person and I'm being indulged. In a lot. Like it's like, oh, you want to watch as much Lassie as you want? You sure. want a kid like, cuisine? Yeah. You can do whatever you want. It's yeah. grandma's house. Yeah. That's how my mom is with my dog. Like she, uh-huh. she says, it's you're, you're with grandma now. Nothing you do is wrong. Uh-huh. Um, that's that's kind of that feeling. It's like you're going to be indulged, but also, oh, you're my special little guy. I'm so glad you're here with me. <laughs> if you take that just a step further into spooky world, it's like the, oh, now I have a special little man all my own. Do you like candy? At grandma's house, you'll eat as much candy as your tummy can hold. <laughs> Do you like Nickelodeon? Oh, at grandma's house, you'll watch as much Nickelodeon as you can handle. Your eyes will bleed. Like, that's the... It's, <laughs> gack! Gack! Yes, gack! And then also, but you won't leave me, will you? You won't abandon grandma. There's this like, oh, oh damn it, I'll feel guilty if I leave. I can't can't leave you, grandma. So now I got to do, you, you can't leave. You're, you're uh-huh. chained to it. Of course, she's just literally not letting him escape. Yeah. Because she has supernatural control over this house. Gary's trying to run out. He's screaming like a baby. And she is making his, shit his fly across the room. His scarf is choking him. Yeah. Yeah. She, she has like, you know, poltergeist powers uh-huh. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I do like the idea that the Crypt Keeper called this lady like he had his her number on his rolodex oh yeah and just said like i'll just pull a purina if you will uh-huh. and connect her over to gary when he calls somebody oh, yeah. she's a hoot yeah yeah this is a good one he's like, a he- toot yeah <laughs> that's how you divide the world there are two kinds of people in yeah. the world hoots and toots that's your book that you wrote the two kinds of people you'll meet in heaven <laughs> hoots and toots <laughs> He has like a Rolodex or something uh-huh. like of people that he can be like, oh, you need a werewolf? Okay, here we go. Absolutely. I have a wonderful. It's a Skulladex, not a Rolodex. <laughs> See, you're Boom. getting it. Boom. Yeah, baby. We're in here. Gary picks up the phone. He's going to try and call the operator, I guess. Yeah. And Crypt Keeper actually interacts with the main character of the story. Hello, operator? No, this is Marco. Did I get any calls? No! And I know Gary was on a bad path, but this seems like an overcorrection. Like, make him write some notes. Make him write a note to somebody or something. Like, this feels like you were, I feel like he is in harm's way uh-huh. by the by the end of what happens here. Uh, what happens is 
the mailman comes by with a return package because the old lady, Emma, she didn't put the right postage on it. So he just, you know. yeah, whatever. She sends, she literally just sends out normal packages to people. She did send in uh, mail to him. I is Was it to another evil kid? Uh-huh. It's like, how many kids is she working with right now? So he just drops the package inside the house, but it blocks the door from closing all the way. So Gary makes a daring escape, jumps outside. He's free of Emma and her horrible house. In the nick of time. She just screams in terror and anger that she didn't get to get him. And she and her house just whip up into a tornado and disappear. Yep. Back at home, Gary is calling the people he has pranked to make amends. Uh huh. I don't know if that would have been better for me to do over the note. I mean, there, that wouldn't have left any evidence of what I did. Um, but he's doing that. It's smart. So you don't leave them a letter unless you want them to bring it up to you later. To embarrass you nine to, years later. Yeah, to socially blackmail you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Some of them will do that to you. Uh-huh. And maybe you deserve it. Maybe you do. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> now, at the end of the episode, Cryptkeeper says that Gary would have paid for his prank phone calls with his afterlife. I don't know if that's him just like really inserting a, a dumb, not even a pun, just like using a word that sounds scary but means something different, you know? <laughs> He, he is at that level. He'll just say things that don't make sense. He's lost his mind. But it also seems to be implying that, one, prank phone calls are a mortal sin. Uh-huh. If you prank phone call, you're going to hell. You need to do some Hail yeah. Marys. You can't cover your neighbor's wife and you can't you prank call. call Purina. Do not no. do it. No. I hope I've avoided that fate by <laughs> having to write the note. Yeah. But he. it also sounds like, so then, Crypt Keeper is your function in the world, in the cosmos, to steer people towards better behavior through fear to avoid eternal punishment. Is Uh, that your job? Are you actually fulfilling a good role here? uh At least on the cartoons, because people don't die in the cartoons. It's it's for kiddos. Yeah. If so, thanks, Crypt Keeper. (laughs) I mean, I don't feel like anyone should be punished for prank phone calls in that Uh way. There's no prank phone call bad enough to be punished with eternal hellfire. Yeah, right. At least... I didn't get to that point, uh, and I'm thankful for that. <laughs> You're on the fast track, I, though, I was buddy. dancing on it. You were dancing on that. Dancing on that grave, Dancing. I was doing a crypt jam. I was doing a crypt jam on it. <laughs> Thank you, boils and ghouls, for joining us. <laughs> Such a half-assed attempt. For joining us on the Days Past Tooncast today and talking about and rapping about and crypt jamming about... Tales from the Crypt Keeper. If you'd like to avoid eternal punishment in the afterlife, yeah. <laughs> what you can do, this will definitely get you out of that. If you go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to us, you give us a rating of five stars or whatever the highest star value is and write us a written review. I promise you, as a close friend of the Crypt Keeper himself, you won't go to hell. Yeah, you'll if stay you do away that, from you got to do that, though. Yeah. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at DPTooncast. And dptooncast.com is our website. Uh, you'll find our podcast and, well, just a whole lot of bright colors over there. And it's just a beautiful website. If you're looking for respite from the orange-black hell <laughs> of Halloween, then this is a place where you will find primary colors that will embolden you to lead a better life that will steer you away from things like phone pranks yep. and yelling at <laughs> students being shitty to kids, all the things that could lead you to eternal punishment. Mm. We're, we're going to get so Catholic on this show, yeah. you don't even believe it. Oh, baby. We're not going to get Catholic, but we are <laughs> going to talk about family values uh, in the next episode. I, I believe that's the edict I gave you, Travis, because yep. it's going to be Thanksgiving season. 
It's a time for families, a time for, for values and morals and togetherness. Oh, yeah. And I believe that you have chosen... The most futuristic family of all. Uh, not the, that's the opposite of the Flintstones. It is the opposite. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think they paired with the Flintstones at some point. Oh, uh, the Jetsons. The Jetsons. The Jetsons. Yeah. Man, it's going to be great because we're jumping from the 90, 99 all the way back to 60 something, I believe. Oh, yeah. And we're, doing, we're, we're jumping from modern to future. We're just all over the place. Man, dude. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> all right. So next time on the Days Past Tooncast, the Jetsons will be air shipping, uh, whatever they have, uh, yeah. space carring <laughs> on into space our, our car, purview. Yeah. It's going to be a wonderful time. Man, it's going to be so wholesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Until that time, keep it wholesome and tutor my duder. I'm going in, man. Tutor my duder. Bra 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 Halloween. Bra bra bra.